This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Your radio doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on your radio doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When Recovery Centers of America at Devon opened its campuses on the main line and in South Jersey, they offered a new approach, local addiction treatment led by an expert, caring team of professionals. RCA has since helped thousands and leads the way in innovative programs and exceptional inpatient and outpatient care, all in a beautiful setting that allows for healing and recovery. RCA answers the phone and admits patients 24-7, 365, including the holidays. All admitted patients and staff are routinely tested for COVID-19. Call now at 1-888-RECOVERY. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. It's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Sunday morning at 10. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Listen, seven months or 10 months is an absolutely exceptional, exceptionally short time frame to produce this vaccine. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good morning and welcome on this beautiful first Sunday in May, my favorite month. This is Dr. Marianne Ritchie, your radio doctor. Over the past few weeks, we've discussed the steps to a healthy pregnancy, and last week we learned ways to protect your fertility. Today, we have two very special guests. First, Dr. Lily Higgins, the Chief Medical Officer for Keystone First, who will discuss the very special maternity and healthy baby program called Bright Start. Then we'll hear from Dr. Rebecca Jackson, obstetrician and gynecologist from Thomas Jefferson University, with very important information about routine checkups with your gynecologist. So we begin. Pregnancy. It should be a time of joy and welcoming new life. But even under the best circumstances, it's physically and emotionally challenging for a woman. Now add the stress of little or no income, food insecurity, being a single mother, makes it that much harder for an expectant mother. Keystone First has a set of programs called Keys to Your Care, and Dr. Lily Higgins, Keystone's Chief Medical Officer, will tell us about the wonderful maternity and healthy baby program called Bright Start. Welcome, Lily. Thank you, Marianne. Lily, to help expectant moms who face these barriers to good care, what are your goals? Well, we want to engage our pregnant moms and help them manage their care during their pregnancy and after delivery so we can improve the chances for a healthy baby, decrease the risk of complication and even death of the mother, decrease infant mortality, and improve health equity for our families. And I know you've made great progress. How do you go about engaging your members or the Keystone First members who are expectant moms? Well, we have a great team. The team is called the Bright Start team, and they're our associates in the maternity program. Uh, they comprise of healthcare professionals, nurses, care coordinators, community health workers. They connect our moms to maternity care with, with their specialists. They visit our moms in their homes. Um, they remind them, we have a text program to remind our moms every week to go for their appointments, educate the moms about health and nutrition, 
inform about their baby's development, and this is all free for our members. The team also coordinates to make sure that our moms get dental care, get behavioral health services, and if they need food, food programs in the community. They also help our moms get transportation for the needed prenatal appointments. Well, and I saw some of your literature and the education alone is just beautiful. It's so well done and it tells the mom week to week how far the baby is developed, when the organs are formed and all that important information that engages. We use the word engage, but you actually embrace your um, members and, and it's beautiful. The program, I could just go on and on. So Lily, I know there are other special ways that you keep the expectant moms connected too. Tell us about Moms-to-be, I love that. Oh, what a great program. That program provides cell phones to our moms so that they could keep in touch with us, especially our moderate to high-risk pregnant moms, but also keep them in touch with their doctors. Um, And it's a wonderful program. And another program is our incentive programs. We provide gift cards for our moms to it, you know, for for them to attend visits during their pregnancy and after delivery. We also have a program where we provide portable crib for their baby, so ensure that the babies have a safe place to sleep. Um, after delivery, we also provide a fifty dollars gift card for attending their postpartum visit between seven to eighty four days after the baby is born. We also have another program called Community Baby Showers, where our moms are invited to lunch and they get healthcare screenings along with education about their prenatal and post, postnatal um, preg- you know, during their pregnancy. And I think the community baby shower is so outstanding because it's, again, we want our, the moms to celebrate, but they also meet other mothers and I'm sure they make friends that they, they stay friendly with forever. Yeah, I read some of the feedback from um, the moms who have delivered, and they're so grateful and so happy with the program. Yes, it's one of the our our outstanding programs that we provide under the Bright Start um, maternity programming. Mm-hmm. And I also read um, that you have lactation consultants for moms who uh, want to breastfeed, which is so much healthier for mom and baby. And then what's really important for our listeners to hear is that you have special care for those who have serious mental illness and those who suffer from addiction. We can't forget that they need extra help as well. And you mentioned food programs because you want the moms to keep a healthy weight and make healthy food choices. But with food insecurity, that's that much harder and you make it easier for moms. And then I really liked reading about mom's meals. Tell us about that for women who are quarantined. Oh, so during the pandemic for our moms that are quarantining or positive for COVID-19, we reach out to the moms and ensure that they have food. And if they have food insecurity, uh, they can participate in our mom's meal program where we actually send food uh, to the families. Beautiful. And then I know, and and I'm sure that the baby showers were probably Zoom, you were telling me, um, because of pandemic, but you're still making it happen and you're still um, seeing great outcomes from all your work. I'd love to hear about that because you have measurable positive outcomes with the interventions that you're doing. Tell us about the positive trends you've been seeing. 
Oh, our positive trends are especially seen with our African-American members. So for example, in our Keys to Your Care program, which is the texting incentive program, mm -hmm. we have engaged over 26,000 pregnant moms in the Keys to Your Care program. And what we saw is we're seeing an increased care in the first trimester and after delivery, which leads to lower rates of premature deliveries, fewer babies in the NICU, and fewer low birth weight babies. Mm -hmm. And for our listeners, NICU is neurologic intensive care, which really, um, to be able to avoid that is huge, Lily. And and as you say, you're seeing a great um, improvement with your members who are African-American, who we know are at higher risk for complications of pregnancy and death, and anything we can do to get them in the plus column is beautiful. So any woman who qualifies for Medicaid, tell us about the step-by-step. The -step. They can participate in any health plan, right? Yes. So uh, we would love for them to participate in Keystone first. So they, if they qualify for Medicaid, they have plans that they could choose from. And Keystone First is one of the Medicaid plans in the Philadelphia market area. And so they would call 800? So they would... Uh, talk to their caseworker and uh, choose a health plan. And if they're pregnant, they can call the Bright Start team to sign mm -hmm. up uh, for all these programming. And that number is 1-800-521-6867. And that is the Bright Start team number. Mm -hmm. Is there a website that members could visit? Yes, they could always go into our Keystone First PA website. Okay, beautiful. And um, I see that you also partner with other community programs that provide home visiting programs from pregnancy all the way up to the child's sixth birthday. I mean, there's a continuous thread and it's magnificent. Tell us a little bit about that. So we work with our community partners. So there are many community partners that are providing home visitation and these home visitation provide home visits to the family. So, you know, starting with the pregnant moms and up to the age of kindergarten uh, for that family. And we have contracted with many of these community uh, home visitation programs to ensure that our moms get these face-to-face -face home visits with the, from these programs. Mm -hmm. And as you said earlier, you're magic word or your goal is to engage keep moms in touch with you in touch with their health care providers get them transportation make it easier so they can feel embraced and feel the joy of delivering a healthy baby and uh, really make it a positive experience so again i read the feedback from your moms who are so grateful for your help and lily we're grateful that you joined us today to tell us about um, the Bright Star program, and I hope you can come back in the near future to tell us about other Keystone programs. Thank you. Thank you, Marianne. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.net. Thanks for returning to Your Radio Doctor. I'm very happy to introduce Dr. Rebecca Jackson, Clinical Assistant Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Thomas Jefferson University and Director of Ambulatory Care, which means she is a very busy doctor. 
She's loved by her patients and respected by her colleagues. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. Rebecca, let's start at the very beginning of a woman's gynecologic history. Why might a teenager need to see a gynecologist or why might a parent bring their child to see you? We see teenagers usually for problems related to their periods. Um, it could be that she's having heavy or painful periods, which is interfering with her going to school. Or it could be just the opposite, that somebody is uh, 16 and she hasn't had her period yet. Also, as girls are becoming sexually active, they want to see us before that uh, to talk about birth control. Mm -hmm. And I would think that sometimes, especially young athletes, they might have irregular periods or even uh, a young woman who's completely healthy when her period begins, it can be irregular for the first year or two or uh, painful, right? While their, their whole system of hormones adjust. Absolutely. Not uncommon. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, teenagers don't start ovulating right away. Um, and sometimes they'll have quite irregular periods. So no cause for alarm for the moms who are trying to help their daughters. And that we can't escape without talking about the with uh, Gardasil, the vaccine against HPV, human papillomavirus. Tell us about that a little bit. That's exactly right. Gardasil is so important. Um, it protects against cervical cancer. I always hope that girls have had it from their pediatrician when they're about 11 or 12, but we're always happy to give it in our office for anybody who hasn't been vaccinated. And, and tell me if I'm right. I remember when it was first uh, made available for medical use in maybe 2006, and then about a year later, it became more routine in maybe 11 and 12-year-olds. Finally, somebody had the good sense to add boys to the mix because certainly boys can contract or, or spread. So maybe around 2009, uh, it went to the thinking we should vaccinate boys and girls, yes? That's exactly right. And currently we recommend vaccinating um, both boys and girls. And also for people who missed out on vaccination, the FDA has extended it. So we vaccinate people up until the age of 45. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important for people to hear because HPV is, mm, what, 70% responsible for cervical cancer. It's so preventable. But in our reading, we learned that it causes cervical cancer in some women, other vaginal, anal, uh, oral cancers. And in men, they can get uh, cancer of the penis. None of this is good. So if we can prevent with vaccines, go for it. So That's now, exactly right. It's so yeah. amazing to have a vaccine that prevents cancer. Oh, gosh. And it's been around long enough that we feel safe with it. Um, uh, so let's say a patient is feeling fine, has no symptoms. When a patient comes to a new gynecologist or it's their first visit, what questions should she be prepared to answer in an annual checkup? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, it's very important uh, for us to know somebody's menstrual history. That includes when she first got her period, how often her periods are. We'll always take a sexual history. Um, we'll want to know, depending on her age, if she's using any kind of birth control, what her plans for future pregnancies are. And if she has a history of any GYN problems, if she's ever had any abnormal pap smears, um, problems with fibroids or ovarian cysts. We'll also want to know her pregnancy history, how many pregnancies she's had and the outcomes of each of those, um, and any current symptoms that she would like to have evaluated. Mm -hmm. 
And I, and so I think uh, since we're talking about younger women all the way to menopause, it's such a good habit for pediatricians to remind young girls who are, you know, beginning life to keep a calendar of their periods for so many reasons, right? Because um, it's easier to follow their periods, whether you need to regulate their periods with birth control uh, or if irregular periods are a sign of something else, right? Maybe an eating disorder or over-exercise or even endometriosis, right? Painful periods. Let's talk about endometriosis for a minute because that's such a big problem for so many people. Yes, having a menstrual calendar or menstrual history um, is very helpful to us. Endometriosis that you mentioned is a problem where cells from the lining of the uterus implant in other places in the pelvis um, and can cause very painful periods, usually with pain starting well before the bleeding starts uh, coming each month. And, and endometriosis for our listeners as Dr. Jackson said, it means in the developing embryo, I guess, or developing early stages, if um, tissue from the, endome from the endometrium or the uterus deposits in the pelvis or the belly outside the uterus, doesn't that tissue bleed with the period? Is that what causes the bad pain when you think about it? Yeah, there's a few different theories about why endometriosis causes such bad pain, but we know that it causes very, very painful periods. Mm-hmm. So if you um, were to give us the top reasons why people bring problems to you, what are the, the most common problems you see in your office practice? Uh, probably the top three things we see would be abnormal bleeding, mm -hmm. vaginal discharge, and pelvic pain. Mm -hmm. So if we were to start with vaginal discharge, just because uh, maybe in younger patients, if they have... Um, antibiotics, the, we always talk in GI, parallel to your universe, uh, we have good bacteria that help with digestion and there are good bacteria in the vaginal canal that keep everything healthy. So if that uh, combination of bacteria changes, it can lead to inflammation and irritation. So what are some of the reasons that that flora or inflammation might start in the vaginal canal? Yeah, just like you said, there are um, good bacteria in the vagina and different things can kill off those good bacteria. Antibiotics, like you mentioned, and also scented products, um, mm. body washes, bubble baths, scented pads and tampons, um, all can kill off that normal good bacteria and lead to vaginal infections like yeast infections and bacterial vaginosis. Mm -hmm. And um, do certain medications or even certain forms of contraception cause issues? Um, antibiotics are probably the biggest culprit as far as medicines. Mm -hmm. I don't see it so much in the literature anymore, not that I'm a gynecologist, but, oh, what, maybe 20 years ago, um, we recognized the syndrome called toxic shock syndrome. Maybe a woman uh, uses a tampon and forgets it's there, and if it's there long enough, it can lead to a really seriously um, dangerous condition, yes? That's definitely true, although thankfully it is rare, but it mm -hmm. is a reason why tampons should be changed frequently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what should a patient look for? Because um, we're trying to be polite here with our listening audience, but this is science. So we can say that we look at the amount of discharge, the color, and if it has a smell, because there are three common ones, right? Bacterial, candida, or trichomonas. And how would we distinguish them? How would somebody know that it's just normal, a little discharge near ovulation or something that needs medication? 
So concerning symptoms to look for would be if the discharge is associated with itching or with an odor. Um, And really the best thing to do if you're having abnormal discharge is to be evaluated. It's interesting when people try to diagnose themselves, if we look at women who buy over-the-counter treatments for yeast infections because they believe they have a yeast infection, only one out of three will actually have a yeast infection. The other two-thirds will have either a different vaginal infection or it'll be just normal vaginal discharge. Interesting. And we do try to encourage people not to be Dr. Google, but I guess if someone's sexually active, you'd also be concerned about the most common STDs, gonorrhea and chlamydia. And, I, you know, reading up to prepare for today, I remembered that chlamydia is the most common bacterial STD, but the majority have no symptoms. So that's such a tough one for people because it can lead to infertility and ectopic pregnancies, yes? That's exactly right, which is why we offer testing at most GYN visits. Mm-hmm. Um, and a mom who's uh, delivering a baby can pass the infection on and cause uh, eye infections or pneumonia in the baby. Um, and I also read that if you do get an eye infection, it's the leading preventable cause of blindness across the world. Some of these statistics are incredible. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back with more from Dr. Rebecca Jackson. Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed on odyssey.com. Listen to the show at your convenience. Go to odyssey.com and in the search bar, type in Your Radio Doctor. It's health education on demand. back to your radio doctor. We're talking about common problems that would lead you to see your gynecologist. Dr. Rebecca Jackson is here. Rebecca, we talk about abnormal uterine bleeding. You must categorize that into three different areas, maybe no periods or irregular periods or heavy bleeding. Let's talk about those categories. That's right. So abnormal uterine bleeding can be anything outside of normal. Normal periods can happen every 21 to 45 days and usually involve less than seven days of bleeding. And I remember uh, one of the episodes on Roseanne when her daughter gets her first period and she says, Mom, how long is this going to last? And Roseanne said, tell you about 50. (laughs) So I guess (laughs) 21 to 45 is what you usually look for. So what are the causes in, say, adolescence when, um, or I guess any age, that cause irregular periods? Um, So whenever we think about abnormal bleeding, uh, we think about two main categories of abnormal bleeding, structural and non-structural causes. The non-structural causes um, that cause irregular bleeding tend to be those that have to do with not ovulating or anovulatory disorders. Um, And that can be things like polycystic ovarian syndrome, underactive thyroid disease. It can also be um, anorexia or being very underweight. Um, Extreme exercise, stress um, are all things that can cause people not to ovulate. And when Mm -hmm. teenagers first get their period, um, they might not ovulate regularly for the first couple of years. Yeah. And as you mentioned, and we've said a couple times now that too too much exercise is is not good for for so many parts of your body your feet your legs but definitely can uh, throw your hormones out of whack 
And you mentioned thyroid. I always check a thyroid function test when I see a new patient because it can play such havoc in GI disorders and GYN. Um, how about if you were to evaluate somebody and ask a patient about her cycles and how would you evaluate which of the problems it is? So it would depend, first of all, on her history. So I would want to know in detail um, how often and how much she was bleeding. Mm -hmm. If there was concern for a structural cause of the abnormal bleeding, which could be fibroids or polyps or adenomyosis, or in older women, uh, we worry about cancer or precancerous conditions, um, then we would get a pelvic ultrasound to look for a structural cause. Um, and to look for the non-structural cause, we would do some blood work um, to look, like you said, at a TSH. We also look at a prolactin level. Um, if there's any concern for pregnancy, of course, we'd want to do a pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. And I guess diabetes, too. Diabetes can really upset your hormones. Um, and PCOS or excuse me, polycystic ovary syndrome, for our listeners, that means what? Polycystic ovarian syndrome is very interesting because it sounds like it has a lot to do with cysts on your ovaries, but really it has more to do with a hormone imbalance um, of the hormones made in the ovaries. It is associated with um, insulin resistance or prediabetes. And by ultrasound, people will have little tiny cysts on their ovaries, but they don't usually cause any pain or any problems. And then it also was, oh, sorry, go ahead. As you say, it also can be associated with elevated um, androgen levels, which is mm -hmm. like testosterone causing extra hair on the face or acne. So that's what I was thinking, that if you would inform the listeners and somebody knows what to look for, it could be very helpful because that's a person that you might want to put on medications to regulate their periods so that they don't run into infertility later on, yes? Well, anybody who's not bleeding on their own every three months uh, should take medicine, either birth control pills or medicine to bring on a period to prevent um, the lining of the uterus from becoming too thick. I see. And then how about pelvic pain? I'm sure as a GI doctor, I have this great partnership with the gynecologist because when a woman has belly pain, and they say, well, we've checked, it's not an ovarian cyst or it's not a fibroid or anything gynecologic, go see Marianne. So we have a lot of give and take with patients, wouldn't you say? So if a person has, a woman has pelvic pain, what are the things that come to mind? And I guess we should separate out those causes that are emergent, like maybe an ectopic pregnancy or appendicitis, right? Right, and then the other GYN, um emergency is ovarian torsion. So an ovarian, usually an ovarian cyst that twists on itself, cutting off blood supply to the ovary. Right. And what alarm symptoms would a patient look for that, that would distinguish, hey, it's not my usual endometriosis. This is something different. What would a woman look for? So for all of those sort of emergency things you were talking about, they would all cause very sudden, severe pain um, that doesn't go away with Tylenol or Motrin, um, usually what people call 10 out of 10 pain. Mm -hmm. So out of the clear blue, it goes from zero to 100 miles an hour. 
and we talk about ectopic pregnancy. Ectopic means something is in a place where it shouldn't be. So the baby starts to develop in the tube instead of the uterus, and obviously can't get very large, and then the you know it ruptures. Um, or ectopic uterus, that's what endometriosis is, a uterine tissue that's outside the uterus. Um, and I'm glad you explained torsion of the ovary because I picture it as somebody who has a wet towel and they wring it, they, it, it's all twisted, and that cuts off blood supply and causes pain. Would that cause loss of an ovary ever if it's not addressed properly or quickly it enough? Could, it could if the ovary loses um, blood supply and it's not taken care of, it um, definitely could cause a woman to lose an ovary. And so that's why we really want patients to pay attention to like their cycles and their patterns of pain. And as you say, if their pain responds with Advil or the usual measures, you say, okay, but if it's really a 10 out of 10, get to the emergency room, don't apologize for being careful and checking it out. And then the other thing we think about is complicated bladder infections or urinary tract infections or passing a stone, passing a kidney stone is like a toothpick under the finger now from what I understand. I've never had to deal with that pain, but that's pretty bad too. Absolutely. And then the mm-hmm. other GYN thing that we worry about is um, PID, pelvic inflammatory disorder, which is an infection that's spread into the tubes and the ovaries. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't go much further without talking about our joint program um, that I love to share with women, and we call it Pink Plus. And Rebecca, we've talked about this for so long, and basically women think that breast cancer it is the most common uh, cancer in women, but the number one cause of death in, or in, in men and women is lung cancer. The number two cause, it goes with the number two, is colon cancer. So at Jefferson, we offer women the opportunity to come in, get their mammogram, get their GYN exam, and talk to a GI doctor about colon cancer screening all in one visit. And we know that bundling those three visits together increases a woman's compliance for all screenings. All women's cancers are important. There's, there's no contest among any of them. Um, but I think it, what's good is that if you can go have a mammogram, walk down the hallway, have your gynecology exam, then meet a GI doctor. We're going to capture more people and, and save more lives. Don't you agree? Absolutely. I think it's a really good Mother's Day gift to encourage the women in your life to, to get that done. Um, and, if, and if women have a gynecologist, which most women do, you can get a mammogram anywhere. You can call up and get a colonoscopy in a lot of different places. Maybe they'd come to Jefferson for the combination of mammogram and gynecology exam. Um, what are the guidelines for pap screening? I think that's become very confusing for people. If you have a normal pap, is it two in a row that there's no sign of um, HPV or cervical cancer, then you only need it every three years? So it depends on um, a woman's age and her personal history, but in general, people should have their first pap test when they're 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And usually between 21 and 30, PAPs are done every three years. And then at the age of 30, we start testing for HPV along with the PAP test. Mm. If PAP tests are normal and HPV tests are negative, those can be repeated every five years. But nobody needs to necessarily remember this because we still want to see women every year for an annual checkup. And we'll let you know when you need screening for cervical cancer. 
thank you. That is the big message that I want people to hear. Because again, every time I see a patient, whether it's a new patient or somebody I've followed for years, I ask them, tell me the symptoms that bring you in today. And then I go through any new medical history or any other issues, any new medications. And when was your last mammogram? When was your last gynecology exam? Oh, they said I don't need it for three years. No. The, the pap smear that gets done every three or five years, whatever it is, as you say, um, we still have to watch over your ovaries and uterus. And a lot of times people will be told, even with colonoscopy, hey, we don't have to see you for another 10 years. And then they have bleeding at three or four years, and they say, well, they said I didn't have to come back for 10. So if our listeners learn nothing else today, go see your gynecologist once a year, right? The pap smear will keep a record for you. See your gynecologist every year, so important. Anything you'd want to add to that? No, very well said, thank you. <laughs> Let's take a little break and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented in part by Recovery Centers of America. When needed, call RCA, 1-888-RECOVERY. And in our final segment with Dr. Rebecca Jackson from Jefferson, Rebecca, let's talk a little bit about menopause. That, that deserves some attention. Yes, sometimes I think we don't talk about it enough. And what is the basic advice you'd give women? So menopause um, is a clinical definition. We don't need to check hormone levels or anything like that, but it occurs when a woman hasn't had a period for 12 months. So once you've gone one full year without bleeding, um, that is menopause. The average age of menopause in this country is uh, 51, about 51 and a half years old, um, although women can certainly be older or younger. Some women will have horrible symptoms, hot flashes, night sweats, and if so, we can talk about medicines to treat them. Other women will have very few symptoms, and that's normal as well. And if, if women decide to ask you for treatment, do any of the treatments increase the risk? We know, um, I didn't finish the question, <laughs> increase the risk for breast cancer or uterine because we know that breast cancer and uterine cancer look at estrogen, estrogen as their food. So if you put women on, um, you know, post-menopause uh, therapy, does that increase the risk for cancers? I think we've, we've learned that we can do more with less. We can treat uh, abnormal cycles, menopause with lower doses and still get good results, am I right? Yes, so um, for hormone therapy to treat menopausal symptoms, we have learned that there is a slight increased risk in breast cancer in women who take a combination of estrogen and progesterone for more than five years. Hmm. Um, so we try to use the lowest effective dose for the shortest period of time there also are non-hormonal prescription treatments that can treat um, menopausal symptoms. And sometimes we use low doses of antidepressants and some other medicines that have been shown to decrease the severity and frequency of hot flashes and night sweats. Interesting, because they're probably the biggest issues that women uh, report, yes? It's certainly the most common symptom of menopause. Um, and then the other symptoms are genitourinary symptoms of menopause, including vaginal mm. dryness, which can be treated mm -hmm. with vaginal treatments and don't necessarily need systemic treatments. Mm -hmm. If a patient wanted to call and make an appointment to see you, what number would she call? 
215-955-5000. And kind to say that they could see you or one of your colleagues. Uh, Jefferson Gynecology is a tremendous department. And we want to remind patients that if they want to um, come for a routine gynecology exam with mammogram and a GI visit, because they, they look at it as a way to get screened for all the common cancers, that's 215-503-1631. So again, those numbers for general gynecology, 215-955-5000, or Pink Plus, 215-503-1631. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us. We learned so much, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for having me. And now for Your Real Champion. I called this segment A Box Lunch and a Book. This is the tale of a love story that began over a half century ago. For young James Pollard, it was love at first sight. A friend arranged a blind date which led to meeting the girl of his dreams on Easter Sunday morning in 1970. A year later, they said their vows as James and Virginia Pollard. In fact, May 15 will mark the day of their golden anniversary. They were meant to spend their lives together. Jim has a Ph.D. in theology with a special interest in the Old Testament. Virginia studied music during her college days at Temple with a special emphasis on vocal training. The angels couldn't have paired a better match. Ten days after their wedding, Reverend Jim Pollard became the pastor of his church, and his lovely bride, Reverend Virginia Pollard, was by his side to sing solos at services. That means that May 25th will mark another golden anniversary— 50 years as the shepherds at Zion Baptist Church in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Zion Baptist is a beautiful church nestled in a quiet street in Ardmore. When Reverend Dr. Pollard answers who we are, he explains that faith is more than what happens on Sunday mornings. It's part of who we are inside and out. Inspired by the Bible, they preach, teach, study, and most importantly, live God's Word. Their congregation is family-oriented and includes people of all ages, including elementary and high school students. Their ministry includes serving the hungry and homeless, both here and overseas, in Kenya and Haiti. For over 75 years, Zion Baptist has also been the home of boys and girls scouting troops. They believe it's very important to have a positive influence on young people during their formative years. Every Thursday during the school year, the Boy Scouts meet at 7 p.m. to do their work. It's usually after sports, so without dinner, the meeting begins with a substantial snack. Several years ago, the scout leader noticed one boy in particular with a ravenous appetite. She asked when he last ate. He said 11 o'clock, meaning earlier that day. When she asked when his next meal would be, again he said 11 o'clock. She quickly realized this meant his next meal would be 11 o'clock the next day. He was depending on simply one meal a day. That's when the weekly snack became dinner. And that's when Zion Baptist said, we will feed you and your hungry friends, even if they're not scouts in the troop. But what about the summer? Zion Baptist began a program called A Box Lunch and a Book. Each week from the end of June through end of August, needy boys and girls gather for a good meal and a good book. For these hungry children, ZBC provides nourishment to their bodies, but also to their minds and their souls. In the first year, over 800 meals were provided, the next year, over 2,000. Now, in its seventh year, 
Zion Baptist partners with Saints Memorial Baptist Church in Bryn Mawr and Memorial Church of God in Christ in Haverford. The other great news, these churches work with local synagogues. Neighbors Mainline Reform and Beth Am Israel provide the books. And now students from Temple Beth Hillel Beth El act as tutors. Plus, Zion Baptist has expanded their food drives to include Thanksgiving and Christmas baskets. Jim and Virginia Pollard are the perfect love story. They love God, they love each other, and they love all God's children. We salute you, Reverend Dr. James Pollard and Reverend Virginia Pollard, your real champions. Help them feed the hungry by donating peanut butter and jelly, cereal, and canned goods to Zion Baptist Church in Ardmore. Thank you for listening each week to Your Radio Doctor at 1210 on your radio or download odyssey.com slash listen. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, odyssey.com slash listen. Hear the show from anywhere. Next week is Mother's Day. Here's the perfect gift for the woman you love. Make an appointment at our program at Jefferson called Pink Plus. A woman can have a mammogram, a routine gynecology exam, and a visit with me, a GI doctor, to discuss screening for colon cancer. That's three cancer screenings in one visit. Breast cancer is common, so many women think mammogram and done. More people die of colon cancer than breast cancer when we combine men and women, so all screenings are important. Call Pink Plus at 215-503-1631. You can have a mammogram, gynecology exam, and GI visit. Or if you have a gynecologist, get a mammogram and GI in one visit. We bundle cancer screenings to help protect you from all these cancers. Pink Plus, 215-503-1631. You know, if Frank Sinatra were still here, he'd make an appointment for his wife. Stay tuned for Sid Mark, and always remember that your health is your wealth. Thanks for listening to your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. 